Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My 7 Wonders Live. In this podcast, I ask a special guest to select and talk about the seven wonders of his or her world. This episode is one of several we recorded in front of a live audience at the 2022 Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And the guest who joined me for this recording is a comedian who for many years has made his home and career here in this country, working as a stand-up comedian and appearing on any number of TV and radio shows. He's originally from Germany and has often described himself as the German comedy ambassador. So here we are with an enthusiastic Edinburgh Fringe audience exploring the seven wonders of Henning Vane. Make yourself at home. As, yeah. uh, so, uh, it's good, good to see you again. I have, uh, have seen you occasionally before and uh, always yeah. in, enjoy working with you. Now, people know a little bit about your backstory, but just in case they don't, if I remember rightly, you originally came to Britain from Germany to work at Wickham Wanderers Football Club. That's right. What were you going to do there? You weren't going to be a player, were you? No, sadly not. Uh, no, I was working in the, in the marketing. Yes. And uh, yeah, stayed still. I mean, then stayed for a while. Well, so, so essentially the story was the company I was I've always worked with in uh, was in football slash sports back yeah. home, and the company I was working for uh, back home was about to go under. Yes. So and I looked at my CV, it looked all right, but I didn't speak English other than very basic school English. So I thought, well, yeah. let's go to Blighty for a few months yes. and uh, <laughs> learn the language. So I applied to all the 92 league clubs, arranged mm. a few interviews, and then, uh, yeah, with sheer luck, really, I ended up with a job at Wickham Wanderers. So it was a good one to practice your English on, because even Wickham Wanderers is probably a, a bit of a challenge originally, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think when I first bought the train ticket, I said, why combi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they, their status has improved. So do you think that's down to you and the work that you did with them? I wouldn't claim all the credit for no. it, but uh, <laughs> it certainly had to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it coincided with me being there, I guess. Actually good. <laughs> but, but you weren't a comedian back home in Germany. No, 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 no. Uh, it wasn't really a stand-up scene as yeah. such. And, uh, no, and here in Britain, I've been, uh, I don't know, for about a year and a half, and I walked past a pub and they had a sign out uh, saying, Tonight's stand-up comedy, and I never heard of stand-up. I yeah. was intrigued, and so I wonder what that is. So watched it, and yeah. I thought, and it was really a low-key affair. And I thought, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Yeah. And then I just uh, uh, treated the headline on the day Gary Delaney, as he was, treated him to a beer. In return, he written me down a few uh, phone numbers of uh, open my comedy nights. Yeah. Rang them, arranged a few gigs, and then without any master plan or anything, just had it as a hobby, and then it just. No, got slightly out of hand. No master plan. Okay. Yeah. Now the, um, but that's quite a brave move, though, isn't it, to do comedy in 
a language you obviously you were speaking by then, but, yeah, but sometimes really. comedy is the last thing, jokes are the last thing you can get in another language. Yeah, yeah, but uh, as long as you're the one telling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, suppose I you, mean, you... I don't mind why people laugh. Yeah, okay. So. So, but you play, you play on that stereotype yeah. that uh, in Britain we're always congratulating ourselves on what a fantastic sense of humour we have, and other nations, like Germany, uh, don't have such a good sense of humour. You play on that stereotype. Yeah, right? yeah, no, I say uh, Germans like a laugh the main difference is Germans laugh once the work is done yes <laughs> rather than instead yeah. of and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's the main yeah. Yeah, I mean is is I mean what I would say on that is uh, the, the, the sense of humor is probably similar the main difference is the cultural importance of uh, yeah. of humor like uh, in every job advert it says you have to have a good sense of humor or yeah. everyone will write in, in their CV they've got good sense of humor and then you think what's that got to do with anything <laughs> so like yeah. uh, the whole idea of self-deprecation i find that hilarious that like, yeah. no matter how badly you you mess up in your line of work yeah as long as you can tell the tale of your underachievement in an entertaining fashion yes yeah <laughs> everything's well, we all right we whereas, weren't really going to concentrate on boris johnson this evening yeah. so we're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's a fine example because with angela merkel they always say oh yeah but uh, she doesn't really have a great sense of humour, and then yeah. you think, oh, but she's quite good at governing the country, really, yeah. all things considered. Well, well she, she was until all that gas started to go wrong from Russia. That turned out not to be quite such a good policy. Yeah, I mean, once there is a war on your doorstep, you never look too clever in it, so whichever way you go about it. So, I wasn't uh, going to mention that. But uh, <laughs> now, the, I see there's another German comedian here in, in, uh, in Oh, yeah, Christian Schulte. Yeah. Do you know him? You I, I stay with him. We live together here, so I uh, keep yeah. a very close eye on yeah. him. So is, it be, is, is German comedy going to be taking over, a bit like, like the supermarkets? For, for, they've, they've now come and shown us how to do it better than, uh, than we can do it, or cheaper, anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the future is. I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a market out there, and... Uh, yeah. Let's see, you just have to define your product and find customers and retain them. Okay, so it's just like marketing, yes. It is, and yeah. people say, oh, what was it like going into stand-up? It's so different from marketing a bar of soap. Okay, so don't destroy the magic. You have to define, I mean, you, you have to create a product and, and then you have to find customers and retain them. That's the only oh, thing that's... Well, uh, we'll have to go on with your wonders, but before I do, yeah. I should just... So, talking about marketing your product, so you are on... When are you on and uh, in which venue? I'm on at the Queen's Hall uh, every Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So I've definitely uh, embraced the British work ethic. So yes. Uh, <laughs> three days a week, We're, that'll do. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that does take us back to the 70s, a three-day week. <laughs> yeah. but, but you are doing quite a lot because you do a two-hour show. Almost every comedian does most a, a one-hour show. But you is that because you have to translate into two languages as you go along? Or are you yeah, just giving is. people more value for their money? Yeah. I want to give myself the chance to fail and then if I get a routine wrong, just start again. It's like, oh, we've got enough time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to your wonders. And your first wonder is windows, which I assume is the, you know, the thing we have in the wall to let the light in rather than anything to do with Microsoft. But, mm. uh, you, but also all, I, all I know is you just put the word windows. Down. So why windows? Because they're mad, aren't they? They're mad. It's like there is something there yeah. That you can see through. Yes. That's mad. <laughs> you're, 
You're right. You're reacting to that. So you're a bumblebee. <laughs> so uh, there's something there, but we can't see how it's it's a magical thing then. Yeah, anything. I mean, I, I come to that realization. I the other day I was staying uh, off the A38 at the pit stop hotel near Axminster, and I was lying in the room looking round, and I thought. I couldn't make any of these things. So yeah. I looked at the window, the bed, chair, some, there was some print of some painting, and, and I thought, yeah. I wouldn't know how to do any of these things. Yes, yes. I, no, I know exactly what you mean. And that's before you get onto the complicated things, like when you're on a computer, you click on an icon and it works, but if it stops working or it doesn't function... What made that work in the first place? Why can you click on a picture and it connects you with something? It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how do you plug something into a wall and then there's electricity? What is electricity? I don't get any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you might know something of that, but uh, but that's my... But really, I mean, like, the, you know that movie uh, where there is someone, I don't know how it goes exactly, but someone... The whole history of mankind is wiped out and then one fella gets his hands on, on the back catalogue of all the Beatles songs. Oh, yes, yes. And then he, and then he sings all the Beatles songs and everything. Like, oh, what yeah. a genius. And if I was in the same situation, I would be transferred back any number of years. Yeah. Well, I've seen it all, but I wouldn't know how to yes. replicate yeah. any of it. Yeah. Oh, no, I saw a documentary once set in sort of South America and there was a, uh, you know, a tribe of people and visiting, you know, people making... the program but sort of missionaries things like that and there's oh we have a very simple life here and then they produce something it was it was like a watch said, oh that's fantastic how do you make one of those of course the person didn't know and they had some jewelry well how do you make that i don't they, and because of we're so specialized in our civilization we there are lots of things going on most of which we have no idea all you know about now is is how to tell jokes uh, and maybe still marketing, but that's that's the end of it. Yeah, I Did mean, you... just well, that we're speaking into these. Yes. And somehow there's a sound being transported out yeah. there. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's mad. It's it's mystifying. It's it's yeah. a, it's it's a good thing. Who come up with all that yeah. stuff? <laughs> well, I um. Honestly, just... I mean, I could be back there in. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be any help. In any of it, and I even know what is possible, but I wouldn't know how to go yeah. about it at all. Look there at that wood that they've got over there, them benches. How are they so smooth? <laughs> <laughs> Who makes that? Who makes the machinery? Who comes up with the yeah. idea of saying, that is what I do, and then knows how to do it? Well, the thing to be if in a crisis, if you're with a group Look of at them lights. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> The thing to have with you in a crisis, I've been away oh, with the people. The stuff you wear. Yeah. Who makes that? <laughs> and I don't mean that as a diss, like, who made that? Yeah. So, uh, uh, no, it's a fair point. It usually doesn't look great on me, clothing. <laughs> but uh, but it, you, know, we, we, you need somebody who's done engineering. People who've studied engineering, they, they can usually work out from first principles some of the things that are going on. Um, I had a, uh, I've got a fairly old, she herself is fairly old American relation and even older husband. And they came to stay with us and, uh, for a couple of weeks. And uh, he's built his own aeroplane in America, been up in his the aeroplane. So he's, but anyway, he, 
every time he came across something in the house, he'd say, oh, look, that cupboard doesn't open a shot. I know you can't get the... Said, well, yes, you can. We'll go to the shop. We'll get, get the bolt. I'll cut it down. And he fixed about five different things. So every time I communicate with them, why aren't you coming over to stay again? There's loads <laughs> more things. There are those little jobs that are too big to be, to be able to do easily, but they're too small to call in a, a workman to do it because they just uh, laugh at you. Uh, so he, I need him to, to call. But mm. uh, I, I admire people like yeah. that. Yeah. And people say, I'll stand up comedy. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Well, I know how I do stand up comedy, but anyone else who I see at work, yeah, like a scaffold, I can watch scaffolders for hours. Yes. Do they like that or are they? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, they like a bit of an audience. Uh... Glass has been around for centuries. The, the, the Romans were the first to put glass into windows, sort of more or less see-through. But it had been used for all sorts of other purposes for even, even longer ago than that. So, so it's, it's only sort of melting a bit of sand down and playing around with it. I know I'm not giving you much of a guide as to what to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I know it's made from yeah. sand, but that makes that even more mystifying, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, And a window... And then you have to get it just right, and it's no good if it's sick one end and thin the next. Yeah. And, ugh. <laughs> there, we had a window tax in this country for a while. That oh was, yes, yes, yeah. Which, which and then so then the clever accountants would come along and say, "Well, what do you do is to brick up all? You <laughs> yeah. sit in the dark. It's much better than paying a little bit of money to the government." Yeah. Or they'd even cleverer ones say, "Well, let's put in a a, a roof light when so nobody can see you've got a window up there, and it does it count as a window? And uh, that's a scheme you get away with." But that and, was in, in the Netherlands. They had uh, they had curtain tax when you ever, ever go around the Netherlands and you wonder. Why they haven't got curtains? Well, that's historically from the yeah. fact that they that oh, curtains right. were taxed on if someone well, said they're taxed on curtains. Well, what do you do? First thing you do is take them down. Yeah. There's certainly a bit of Amsterdam where they haven't got any curtains yeah. on the windows. Uh, I, I, was, I was fascinated by the lack of curtains. Uh, I could stand... You're looking at the scaffolders. I was looking at the lack of curtains, I must say. Now, um, now, we're, do now we're going to move on to your next wonder. I'm not sure how far we're going. Your, your wonders seem to remain uh, in close... Well, anyway, let's see, here we go. So mirrors is your next thing. <laughs> Yeah, so this is another. <laughs> I mean, I get it yeah. now. See, you explained to me very neatly how you make windows. Yeah. You just get a bag of sand and then a yeah. bit of luck and fair wind, and yeah. then there is a window by the end. Yes. And how do you make that reflect back at you? Uh, <laughs> I think you have to put sort of silvery stuff on the back and. Uh, uh, on the back. On the back. So the, the, there's glass at the front. The, the light hits the glass. And it sees the silvery stuff at the back. It says, ooh, I don't go in there. And it comes back out again. That's, that's as technical as I can get on that. Who was the first person to say, because silver isn't cheap. So I tell you what, I've got some here in the corner. Why don't we stick that back on this, on this glass and see what happens? I'm saying silvery. I'm not saying it's actual silver. I don't know. It might I have mean, been I would have tried it first with brick or something. That yeah. Like... <laughs> well, maybe they and that's did... another thing. Yeah, bricks. How do they make them? <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get clay and, according to the Bible, straw, and you put it in a brick-shaped thing. Uh, I think you have to heat yeah, it but up. Who as makes well. that brick-shaped thing? Well, that's that. You get some wood and you make it into a. Uh, yeah, but who sunk? Who, who thought of that first? Yeah. Well, um, I've done my best to research what you might. Uh, I can. I can tell you the mirrors first started like they were bronze. Uh, Six thousand years BC, they had bronze, reflecting bits of bronze to to be able to look at your reflection in it. And in the first century AD, or whatever we call that now, uh, they came up with glass. And Socrates 
urged young people to look at themselves in mirrors so that if they were beautiful, they would become worthy of their beauty, and if they were ugly, they would know how to hide their disgrace through learning. <laughs> Which, uh, so Socrates is a bit of a challenging cat. No wonder he ran into trouble eventually. Um, so, well, you know what? It's quite amusing. I haven't got a mirror at home. You haven't got a mirror? No. I haven't got round to putting one up. Now, wait a minute. You think that mirrors are a one... You, are you entitled to think of anything from the entire world? Your top seven at number two is something you haven't even got, which... Because I feel not worthy of one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm more... Con- I mean, well, I'm, 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 well, I'm, impressed, I'm, impressed, I'm impressed by the concept of the nuclear bomb, but I haven't got one at home. No, OK. <laughs> But a mirror is something you have, in the, the people have in their home, and whereas nuclear bombs you don't. Yeah. Well, when you're shaving, how do you do it? Just by a sense oh, of... Oh, I've got an electric, uh, electric shaver, yeah. electric, and then, well, you know roughly what's going on in it. So, yes. And then well, you, you go, to, go to a cafe or something. I mean, you, you, you always look in mirrors over the course of yeah. the day, don't you? Yes. I made an interesting discovery once, because... Uh, uh, when I was doing uh, uh, regular television programmes in the, in the good old days of, of big budgets, they used to uh, provide me with clothes to wear. They suggest I go to a shop and buy. So they have a costume person to go with me. So while I was looking at a, um, a suit, I said, oh, it looks pretty good in here. And then I said uh, to the, the, the assistant and to the costume person, well, wouldn't it be a good idea for a shop to have a slightly distorting mirror so it made you look taller and thinner so you'd think this is a good suit or a dress or whatever and you'd go home and they looked at each other rather shiftly. I said, what are you looking at that for? I said, all mirrors in shops are like that. They are all designed to make you look better, which is why you buy something in a shop and you get it home and it doesn't look as good anymore. It's gone, you think it's gone off in the journey home. It's just your mirror at home does not distort in your favour. Did you know that? Did you? No, yeah. isn't that interesting? Yeah, I think so. Is it true? It sounds, I've convinced myself that it's true. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, mirrors. So, you... but then why don't you stick one of them up at home? Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have to make sure everybody else looked at me through one of those mirrors. <laughs> but it, yeah, it could be something. So, so what, just give you can, why have you put mirrors as a wonder of the world? Just because you're, you're puzzled by them, you're impressed by them. Yeah, I think it's a continuation of... Uh, if I say I'm impressed, I mean, whoever is impressed by windows yes. cannot possibly not be impressed by mirrors. <laughs> okay, yeah. So having put one on, you had to spend another wonder. Uh, this, is like the, this is like a person getting three wishes and saying, a, 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 a bottomless bottle of beer. And then, what's your second bottle? A second bottomless bottle of beer. <laughs> I feel you could, have, you could have used your wonders more wisely. No, but, but I think, I mean, what I'm, I'm probably is, I don't know if you can read between the lines, but... Mm. Uh, I'm impressed by so many things. Yeah. That, I, I mean, them curtains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh pull yourself together, honey. Now, the, uh, <laughs> when, um, you, this was a few years ago, I think 2002, when you first came to, to the UK. And, as, and does that mean you live here the whole time or do you dot forward and backwards no, no, to Germany? No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm UK based. Yeah. yeah, based. But do you go back to Germany and do comedy over there in no. German saying, you, you'll never believe what it's like in Britain? No, I, I always say uh, I don't do stand up in, in, in Germany because, uh, and then tell them what, what life is like in Britain because well, no one's interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cruel. 
Can I, can, while we're just thinking about that, can I just ask you, there's a, there's a thing I've been told, uh, a performance which is on every New Year in Germany, uh, which is called Dinner for One, yes, or the New 19th Eve, birthday. Yeah. And it's got, uh, it's got two British actors in it. Freddie Frinton, who used to be very well known. Grimsby, yeah. Yeah, and uh, May Warden, I'm not so familiar with her. So is that right? It's on in Germany and indeed other countries. Yes, uh, New Year's Eve, yeah. uh, you can essentially... Now, with all the cable channels, you can essentially, if you zap, if you're prepared to zap, yeah. you can watch Dinner for One. It's only about 30 minutes long. Yeah. You can watch that from midday till two o'clock in the morning, yeah. nonstop. It will be on, on one, one channel or other will be showing it, mm. more, more often than not two at the same time. And the story, why they never made it into Britain was, so the story is, there is uh, is a lady and her butler, and she always invited twelve different people, like a vicar and uh, someone from the navy and whatnot. So, and over time, they all died, mm -hmm. and now the butler has to impersonate all of them. Mm -hmm. So, and then he essentially has to has to drink and eat for twelve. Yes. So, and at the same time, he still has to. So, and essentially, then he trips over stuff and, yeah. and all that. So, so all he's all getting drunker and drunker. Exactly right. Freddie Friend, that was kind of part of his act uh, generally wasn't yeah. it but but i think it's on the it's like the guinness book of records for the most transmitted program yeah in but the what world is interesting about that the reason for that that is so popular in germany austria and switzerland is because it was commit uh, commissioned by swiss television hmm. so and they've got and, and that's why they then ended up in a german-speaking world uh, yeah. but never really made it into into britain and is it in german or in english or is it mostly silent uh, it's only that one line same procedure as every year and then yes james same procedure every year and yeah. that's being repeated about yeah 10 times and that leads to a punchline but let's let's leave the punchline un, undealt with because the people might want to see it now I'm yes sure they i can highly recommend it dinner for yeah. one highly yes. recommend it <laughs> Uh, so that's, uh, do people think they're kind of looking at a, an image of Britain when they're looking at that, or is it not particularly set, set in Britain? Yeah, that's the funny, uh, haha, that's mm. a good question. Uh, no, I think, because it's essentially set in a castle-like environment, mm. people think that's a reflection of, of Britain, because, I mean, our idea of Britain is... Well, why aren't there that many stereotypes about Britain in, 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 in Germany or why are they so conflicting? It's because on the one hand, you have got the Britain that's portrayed in After Eight adverts. Yes. Where like everyone is a nobleman and on a horse and, and all mm, that. Yes. So then you have got that idea of Britain, but then the Brits you actually encounter on holidays in Mallorca. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hurling yeah. plastic chairs around and then you think well they surely can't come from the same society so <laughs> you can't quite can't quite yeah. explain it to yourself well sometimes it's explained by having it's suggested we have a somewhat of a class-ridden society with yes. where some people have too much and some people have too little and there's a conflict between the two so but that's no doubt a stereotype as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there is enchanted that the class yeah. divide makes britain so difficult to to sum up in a sentence Yes. Anyway, you don't you don't go back to Germany, and uh, but I'm just suggesting an alternative, you know, an addition to your career that you. Could... Well, you're saying it's not going well here any longer. I, I, I've no idea how well it's going. You won't have to be the end professor with a two-hour show. It's, that's not too bad. But there's nothing to stop you having another line of attack. Yeah. No. I mean, if I were to go back, in all seriousness, if I were to go back to Germany to do stand-up, I've been out of the country for twenty years. I've got nothing to add to social discourse. I can tell. Yeah. people what it was like in the late 90s yes. and yeah. and then i'm essentially ending up with the equivalent of a peter k act 
<laughs> no, and I'm not saying that in any disrespectful way, but oh, I mean, no. it's just like um, That's I don't know what's the, what's the, what's the point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, do you live in Wickham? Did you settle in Wickham to be near the football club, or do you? Uh... Uh, no, they live in my heart. Uh, no, I lived in London then for a while, and now I'm down on the south coast in uh, Hastings. All right. Uh, okay. So let, we'll have to uh, crack on to your next. Uh, wonder, which gets away from glass at any rate, but you've already <laughs> mentioned uh, this this wonder along the way, and this is microphones, uh, bracket sound system. So yeah, how does that all work? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say a wonder and say, "How does that work?" We don't know how anything works. That's uh, we. I mean, you know, that. like I mean, if, I, I, if, I, I think I would have not even worked out that if you do this, your voice. Mm comes louder. Yeah. I think I wouldn't on my own. I wouldn't yeah. have even worked that out. Yes. So, so this is just beyond the pile, really. Yeah. So. Well, they, they, it's just things got to get uh, yeah. mated. They, 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 they go with that. They go and like that, that turns it into... And it's, uh, the telephone is even more remarkable. Oh, man, telephone. Don't get yeah. me started, man. Yes. <laughs> How is that possible? You pick it up here and you speak to someone... Well, not even in Australia. Someone next, next yeah. door. yeah. You think, how on earth? How did they make that all happen? And then, uh, and, uh, you know, 100 years later, they said, oh, so we could send other signals down it so you could have the World Wide Web. And they, there's, it's not even going down the wires. It's sort of circling around the wires in a way that you only get explained to you when the open reach man says, no, well, I can't make this work. Uh, <laughs> or that's what's going wrong. So, yeah. you're, so essentially all your wonders, and, and pretty much this does apply to all of them, you're just... a uh, amazed at the modern world as to as to how that yeah not even i mean with glass when you say that was invented uh, by the romans yes i mean it's not even a modern world it's just any kind of progress yeah. is something i can't get my head around so you'd be more at home in perhaps just after neanderthals and <laughs> homo sapiens met which is no, basically I would be absolutely useless <laughs> so i need this environment but someone else has to create it yes well, so in the in the old, those very much olden days, they'd got as far as chipping it away, uh, you know, at stones to make a sort of sharp edge. That's probably yeah. That is probably where for me, if I was left to my own devices, that yeah. is the absolute limit. Yeah, I would have got myself to. That's the absolute limit. But that's where everybody was for hundreds of years. If you were good at chipping away at a flintstone, that was, a, or maybe tying it onto a stick, that was. You, you were at, literally at the cutting edge. Whereas then somebody came along and said, oh, if you go and bury into the ground, we'll get out some stones with, uh, that's got an ore in it and you get, you know, we'll create bronze uh, or copper and then iron. And this, it takes a lot of work and a lot of technical skill. You would have been sitting there saying, oh, I'm, I'm just happy with these Flintstones, thank you very much. And you'd have been wiped, wiped out eventually because, uh, because they were people who stuck to that. Hmm. Oh, so I'm not going to worry you. Well, I'm, not, you. Saying, I'm yeah. not saying I'm a Luddite. Uh, that is for you to decide. But um, no, it's just like, can only repeat myself. Like when you say, uh, when you ask me to be on a show about the seven wonders of the world, yeah. and then you can go, oh, yeah, I don't know, Machu Picchu in Peru and this, that, and the yeah. other. But you think, well, you've just asked me on a device that's your message appearing in front of me. Well, that's the first miracle right there. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And I, the, uh, something I t try to explain to myself when things go wrong is based on um, a book I read, you know, which was popular 
briefly when I was young, was, uh, I was a motorcyclist, and there was a book called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And the guy who wrote that, it's, it's a very good book in its own way. I wouldn't, you know, just write. But his point, one of his points uh, was that don't get cross when something like a motorbike or anything else goes wrong. Think of how many things have to come together to make things work at all. So you do that with the internet. Now, Zen and the Art of uh, the Internet. Most of the time, you can look up anything anywhere in the world and four seconds later get the answer to it in a way which would have taken you at least to wait till the next day, travel into town, go to a reference library. And it would take you, you know, all week to get the same thing. So when it doesn't work quite well because of some outage, don't get cross. Just think, isn't it marvellous the rest of the time? Mm. That's my advice to the year. It also said, he also said you should know how your motorcycle works and know how to repair it. But I never got to that stage. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, but I discovered, and even more interesting, is if you ride a motorbike and it breaks down, you only have to wait for about a minute at the side of the road before another motorcyclist stops and helps you. They're very helpful. But I'm going off on a side. Yeah. So, no, that's actually, if, if, I, if, I, if I had my time again, the one thing I would have loved to learn is do an apprenticeship as a as a bike mechanic, uh, yes. a, a cycle uh, a yeah. push bike mechanic. I'm not sure you're coming across as somebody who would be particularly good at that, but that's just... Uh, no, but that's yeah. why I yeah. would like to, because yeah. I'm, I'm a really keen uh, cyclist, and whenever something breaks, uh, yeah. then I'm usually in trouble. Yes, you have to carry the bike home, which is yeah, uh, not really the point. Mm. But uh, back to the microphone, there, there is a, a, not so much a wonder, but a, a mystery in the world of television, which I've never got to the bottom to. When you make television programmes, you don't normally have a microphone unless you have... They, they pin a microphone to your shirt front, and that picks up, which is, again, it's a marvel. A tiny thing like that can pick up the sound oh. and go... And it's always visible. When you do a documentary and you're outdoors, the microphone is always concealed. Under, you must never show the microphone because everybody has to somehow believe that when you're walking around the countryside, it's magically getting to the viewer at home. There's no television cameras or microphone. But in the television studio, you must be made aware of it. Why is that? I can't. Well, I, I had that. I had that. I was. Uh, I did a, a documentary in uh, in Mexico. Uh, not name dropping, but with. Uh, the current Prime Minister's father, Stanley, he was oh, involved. All and, right. Um, Stanley Johnson and you, who, who, what, what's, who came up with this concept? Uh, what, has he got we, a funny name, I, Henning I, and Stanley? Stanley no, I, and think Henning? We, I think we gelled quite well. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, so it was quite amusing about that. So the idea was that we would go for a week-long walk. And um, so then, and then, then the producer said, look really exhausted, look like really exhausted, and you can hardly manage. Then I said, well, but the camera guy in front of me, he's walking backwards yeah. filming us. So yeah. what right have I got yeah. to, oh, I can't do another step. Yeah. That bloke is going backwards yes. in front of yeah. me. So uh, That's always funny, isn't it? The cameraman who's walking back and because they're having been, you know, told to do this, that and the other. And they're walking, but they eventually fall over and you can't help laughing, mm -hmm. uh, which is not fair. It's not <laughs> fair on them. But so no, I'm, st I'm still fascinated with you and Stanley Johnson. Were, were they saying opposite attracting or you had a joint interest or uh, it was a sort of... Um, Look, I mean, like his son, he's very, very jovial. Yes. And uh, I wouldn't want him, I wouldn't let him run anything, but um, <laughs> but he was really, really, really good company. Yes. Yeah, but how did how did the idea come along? I don't know. That was like one of them pilots when they think, oh, let's send three people. I don't, Melanie Sykes was involved as well. Yes. And uh, then said, oh, send, send them three to somewhere. And so then you, see what Melanie happens. Sykes, and Stanley Johnson. That's exactly yeah. the combo, yeah. And what was it called? Uh, the Odd Trio or something. Uh, Walk in the Wild or something. Yeah. Well, they haven't worked hard on the title, had they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and you said it was a pilot. Did it ever get Yeah, get aired. It was a pilot. Didn't make it too serious, but... Uh, All right, so I don't want to dwell on that as an, no, an no, unhappiness. No. Yeah. no, it could have. You might have got the next call. So I it will have always been three different people, but... Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yes, okay, jolly good. Uh, let's go on to your next wonder, uh, which is... <laughs> now it's light bulbs. So... Uh, <laughs> Now, is it the glass round the light bulb that particularly impresses you, or what goes on inside? Who comes up with that idea and think, I'll put a little bit of wire in there, and then that will go red hot, and then the light, like some bulb around it will illuminate, and yes. then you can see. Well, Who you, comes up with that? Well, Thomas Edison came up with it. Uh, <laughs> though, in fact, also Joseph Swan came up with it uh, ten years before. But uh, So Joseph Swan had a good idea, and Thomas Edison improved on it, and he made the... He's you know, given the credit for it. Um, but with all these inventions, it's usually a lot of uh, people coming... A bit like cars. I mean, yeah, who that's came... like... Who, who, who invented... Uh, uh, what, what, uh, what is Werner von Braun? Werner von Braun, what's he famous for? Rockets, isn't he? Uh, that, and yeah. he was also the inventor of the television. Was he? If you go to school in Germany. All oh, right. right, yes, yeah. Yes. If you go to school in Britain, you think it was invented by John Logie Bear. Yes, yes. Uh, well, so specifically... that's like, there is like parochialism in, in that kind of thing. Sure, yeah, no, sure. And I, if you go, I mean, yeah. if, probably if you go to school in North Korea, they tell you Kim yeah. Jong-un invented yeah. the television. Yes, Logie Bear's always given the credit, especially in Scotland, but his, his way of doing it isn't the one that, that was successful. He, but he was, he was insistent on that it could be done, and he did it in a very complicated way, a very mechanical way, and then other things came along. But almost all inventions, one person might get the credit, but there's lots of people contributing ideas or competing. I mean, the... Um, Alexander Graham Bell is given the credit for inventing the telephone, but there's, there's something very dodgy about that because he managed to get the, uh, the, the patent uh, before somebody else who ran out of money. So who, he, he was trying to invent something different at the time. But, so uh, you want to make sure you're the person that can get to the patent office. Yeah, I mean, that's and, the same with electricity, isn't it? Like, that's been uh, credited to, uh, to that AC... Is, isn't that credited to Edison? Yeah, probably. He seems to So, and the one us. who actually invented it was uh, Tesla. <laughs> no, and then, then, yeah. then now Tesla, yeah. the car yeah. company, is named after yeah, sure. that fella. But there was a competition between AC and, and DC, DC, and yeah. uh, they, one of them electrocuted an elephant to show how dangerous it was. <laughs> so so that, that's, uh. how, that's, how stiff, that's how stiff the competition was. <laughs> that was the elephant in the room uh, about that. But, uh, and, and of course, light bulbs, the, you know, when they had the idea for it, nothing appeared above <laughs> their heads because uh. they hadn't been invented yet. But uh, there, so, so light bulbs, but uh, do you, putting these things together, this, this, your, your wonder so far, Obviously, there's a sort of show-busy aspect to all this because to perform on stage, it is useful to have lighting. Uh, it doesn't have to be electric lighting, but electric lighting is pretty good for it. A microphone is pretty essential for, for you know, doing a, a, a big room. And you uh, may not need a, uh, a window, but you certainly need a mirror bef to check yourself before you go on. So do you think this all comes from your, your zeal well, as a I performer? thought I wanted to make it relevant for the occasion. I mean, if we had met outside at the building side... Yeah. I would have had seven different diggers, uh, uh, wonders, like okay. diggers yes. and... Uh, Scaffold, scaffolding, scaffolding, which you also scaff regard as something bricks, of a wonder. Uh, yeah. Probably would have kept windows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, roof, who invented roofs? <laughs> I don't know. They, they, I think they've been around for quite some time. That's, uh, but it's, uh, 
Oh, it's above my head, that one. Now, the, uh, so, so uh, just going back to your uh, comedy origins, you didn't do comedy as a stand-up in Germany. Perhaps it didn't exist at all or doesn't exist at all. But were you uh, the class comedian at school? Were you goofing around? Were you acting in plays? What's your background? No, but, but I couldn't make myself laugh. And yes. that goes a long way. Did, did that involve mirrors or windows or what? <laughs> that, funnily enough, that involved mostly my imagination. Yeah. And uh, no, I think I, I think I, I had a few really uh, said a few really funny things at school. Yeah. That uh, I'm still well chuffed about. And, yes. Uh, but you know how some people are the class clown; they're always making fun of the teachers, impersonating them, and they develop on from that from comedy. Others, yeah. No, I'm not no. sure I was that necessary, but I probably had a slightly unusual outlook at life. Yeah. What a sort of an alternative look. Uh, a sideways look as, as things yeah go not uh, so i uh, i always looked at everything really with in, in uh, i never see from a young age you encounter people in jobs where well, be that doctors or whatever it is where they say oh yeah that's a really respectable job uh, job and then you look at them and you think you're bloody numb to you are mm. <laughs> and then you think you don't need to excel at anything to mm. make it so uh, yeah you'll eventually that's the thing about you're coming back almost to class it's like declining socially is really really hard so yeah. if you wanted if so staying the same that is what happens to everyone everyone roughly stays there or thereabouts mm. it might be on other occasion i mean unless you develop a gambling addiction or drug addiction, you are not going to slide down the pole. Yes. And equally, unless you're really good at football, you're not going to go up the pole yeah. either. So, uh, and everyone stays roughly where they are. I was comfortable. We weren't rich or nothing, but we weren't poor either. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, they'll do me. Yes. So, and that has always been my attitude that really essentially I live a blessed, fairly risk-free life. Okay. And I never had many ambitions. And um, But so you went to marketing uh, in but in the world of football that sounds mm -hmm. though it's oh, i always loved yeah. football yeah and and do you still follow football now uh, yeah very closely yeah yeah you know british football or yeah German yeah football? yeah i mean I, I always check what's going on at home as well all the way down to the lower leagues but uh, yeah i'm still in touch with uh, with wickham do a bit at hastings united uh all right so i'm nodding Bo as though i know about hastings oh, united we won promotion boston league premier now all right. Yeah. The Seventh tier of English football. Yes. So, Force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll be advancing up the leagues eventually with, with your help as well. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's go on to your fifth wonder, which is, again, I suppose, is a modern substance, uh, not always praised to high heaven, plastic. Yeah, we'll come up with plastic. <laughs> that uh, is, I mean, yeah, so saying, oh, yeah, pollution of the seas and all that, yeah, granted. But Leo Bakeland came up with, with plastic. He came up with Bakelite, which is the first form of plastic. That's to answer your question, yeah. literally. But I think things have changed a lot since then. But I mean, most of the time we think... Uh, as you're going on to say there, we're worried about being too much plastic. It's, it's, it's too good for itself. It, it it's, does its job getting vegetables to you fresh, and then you throw it away and it remains in existence for the rest of time. So it's, it's a victim. We are a victim of its own success. Mm. But you're still impressed by its uh, How its can you not be? Okay. So it's like because, I mean, anything that's really smooth, plastic is always really smooth, isn't it? And then you think, mm. how did they get that so smooth? <laughs> Why is that not all bumpy and lumpy? Yes. It's, uh, it flies in the face of, I think it's called entropy, isn't it? Which is most things are supposed to revert to, to chaos. But, yeah. uh, but they've got some... Pro- I think heating up is involved as well. That's my answer to all these things. Yeah. You, you heat up oily stuff and it turns to... itself into plastic. Yeah, but then you need to have a vessel that you heat it up in. Yes. The vessel mustn't melt. Yeah. And there is a lot of fire. How do you get fire going to heat it up? Well, well, getting fire going, we're, we're back to Flintstones again. We can, that's, that's, that's been possible for thousands of years. That's, that's not the difficult bit, is it, the, the getting the fire going? Yeah, but then imagine you out there in the woods mm-hmm. and they're saying, come on, Clive. Yes. Everyone wants a cup of tea, get a fire going. Yeah. And you have got no matches or nothing and you have to start from scratch. Yeah. Would you be standing there rubbing them sticks in your hand? Or? Yes. I'd, uh, last, well, I've done a couple of series not long ago for the Smithsonian Channel about, we called it Mystic Britain, and we looked at quite a lot of sort of ancient sites and ancient things. And we did have a crack at, um, at creating fire. At least the guy with me was doing it. We did Flintstones, which I was quite good at making. But then he, he'd reconstruct where he thought bellows sort of would have been made. So I did a lot of pumping like a very bad bagpipe player and he said oh and you put you know stuff here and you uh, you know it's got to be very dry and he rubs and he was doing it for hours and uh, we'd have perished from because for, for the filming purposes we had to sort of give it a bit of assistance eventually but he knew how to do it but it wasn't that easy also if you're the first person to do that and you rub them sticks for hours yeah. and hours you think well this is clearly not working yes Go and get some matches. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the, the one that really fascinates me is food. When, uh, when there are some foodstuffs, you can only... They're poisonous unless you boil it three times, fry it up in a special way. Kind of, so they must have had several goes at it and eaten it. And, oh, oh, he died. Oh, she died. So then you've come up with... We've boiled it three times. This might just work. Granny, you better try this because we can afford to lose you. Oh, she survived. That's we, We've cracked it. But that's a hard process to come up with a, a foodstuff. Yeah. Of course, yeah. there comes a the point where you would say, oh, let's just eat a potato. 
Yeah. Well, that wasn't possible, was it, in you know Eurasia until uh, America was discovered, because we didn't have potatoes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we're going on to your sixth wonder, because we're going to be running out of time, too. But uh, your wonders get, uh, well, I suppose, more embraced. At least we're away from, from um, you know, artefacts of the modern world. But clothing is your wonder of the world. <laughs> clothing. Yeah. It, why do you regard clothing as a Because all has to be made. And then you think, I wouldn't know how to make any of it. I mean, I, if, if I have bin bag, I can cut the, the sides off and then I've got something that looks like a vest. Yes. But that would probably be the only piece of clothing I could actually make myself. Yes, which only going to do you well in the sort of punk era and you'd have been a, <laughs> yeah. a hero. But, yeah. um, but so uh, what you're saying is hard to get, I don't know, wool from off a sheep and then spinning it, and weaving it. And thinking of all that. Yes. That's the thing that gets me. Mm. So all I'm, I'm easily, I mean, I'm probably, you would probably, you would probably, when you asked me to be on, you probably hoped that I would give a bit more myself rather than just say, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And then hoping for The thought has gone through my head, Henning, <laughs> every now and then. Have a, some, well, sometimes I have to work harder than others, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you're, you're my most learned friend, and then I thought... Uh, oh, I, I should know all about learn. clothing. Exactly, so ask Well, well I'd, I'd go, again, I'd go back to basics. Why the heck do we need clothing? The evolution went down a very weird route, I think. Uh, I, the theory is, as I understand it, when we descended from the trees and started to run around after things. We had to have a way of cooling down. And therefore, we lost all our fur, which, uh, you know, all other animals in Africa, I mean, lions, cheetahs, uh, leopards, they've all got thick fur. But apparently, human beings couldn't cope with having fur. So we got rid of it. And our, uh, our bodies are not suited to anywhere in the world. Uh, in the, in the, because there's too much sun, you get burnt. If you come to the colder parts of the world, you, you're freezing cold, you've got to uh, have clothing to keep the colder. It was a bad move by evolution or God or whoever was responsible to get rid of fur. Do you reckon you could reverse that? So if you were yeah. living life without clothes, would you get uh, readjusted to? Well, I, 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 I'm only suggesting it to evolution to, to have a crack at it. Yeah. And, so we, and, and if, if a Martian or whatever comes down to see us, you know, all the animals running around, we humans must look really weird because we it's like a sort of weird species of like a Mexican hairless dog or something. We're all naked. We've got to take clothes off. We're all naked with, you know, some hair on your head here and there. And what's all that about? And if we need hair on our head, why do half of us or half of men lose the hair on our head? What's if that was if it's necessary? Why do you lose it? Why do men grow a beard? What's the what's the point of that? It's just it's anyway. I think that's not. I don't. I mean, th I think I've won you over to my way of looking yeah. at the world. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, maybe you have. I'm not sure if I'm agreeing with you or I'm arguing with you. I'm having a little private argument of my own with the way way the world. Essentially, has gone. nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Being a naked ape is not a not a good idea. Mm. That's my. But so clothing. Is there any particular bits of clothing that you particularly like? In general, like when they make it in them big factories and then. Yeah go in there with a few strings and then comes out with, yes. with a suit. Think, yeah. cool, blimey. Yeah. But do you like wearing, um, you know, if, coming to Scotland, would you 
wear, a, I don't know, either a kilt or a tweed suit or something like that. No, or, I think that would be called cultural appropriation. Well, I don't <laughs> think they mind, but they're mind. trying to sell you a kilt. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, you want a vein, a vein tarted. Um, yeah. Let's see if I've got one. Oh, yes. Here's <laughs> it looks a little bit like a Gordon Tartan, I grant you, but uh, I've just written on vein there. Buy six yards of it, six metres of it, and uh, uh, away we go. Yeah. No, I must say, in, in many ways, I was here at the French uh, when you talk about all that uh, 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 Scottish uh, living and up being in Scotland. Well, I really, I really like, I was here at the French last year when I was essentially the only act on. Right. And um, still didn't win the Comedy Award. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, when I got off the train at Waverley Station, I didn't hear a single bagpipe. And I thought, this will be a really relaxing month. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great. Last year was my favourite fringe ever, I must say. So you haven't been one round... minimum amount of fuss. You've, uh, you, weren't one, you haven't been one round by the bagpipes then in your coming here. It's just a needless record, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to agree with nice, that. I come they've here. They've got such a nice city. Why do they have to ruin it? <laughs> well, it's an epic sound, isn't it? The back, but it's, it's you know, it's it's got all sorts of connotations, mm. nationalistic, but also military. Also, it's good for you know mourning. It's a There's morning a time sound. and a place for it. Yeah. Well, this is the time and the place. <laughs> <laughs> Edinburgh with the tattoo on. I can't think of a better time or a better place for it. One of the best known tunes of pipe music is uh, a Highland Cathedral. It's always played at the uh, the American at uh, the um, at the Edinburgh Tattoo. It's a fabulous tune. It's a it's a very haunting tune. And it wasn't written by a Scots. It was written by two Germans. So it's you know it's got a universal appeal. But not to you, I can yeah. tell. <laughs> I've been to the tattoo once. I did. I must say, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yes. Um, well, there's a lot of things celebrated there. Some of which you'll enjoy more than others, obviously. But yeah. now, uh, the, uh, the your final wonder <laughs> is uh, <laughs> door hinges. Is your seventh? <laughs> now I feel, I feel, Henry, you've kept the best to last. Here. <laughs> This one scarcely needs explaining. This is this is so obviously a wonder of the world. Door hinges. Now, why? They're fascinating. <laughs> Look, there's people leaving. They don't want to hear about door hinges. Yeah. Uh, they were hanging on to think there must be a really good. <laughs> there must be a good wonder in all of this. <laughs> uh. Door uh, hinges. Were you just uh, oh, I wonder? I can't think of uh, the oh the door hinges. You saw a door opened and shut, and you said, "Well, as I say, that this list essentially got inspired by me lying in that hotel room looking round, <laughs> yes, thinking yeah. there's absolutely yeah. nothing in here that I could do." Yeah, and then door hinges obviously was oh, there's something else I I wouldn't know how to go about. Well, you could have a crack at that, couldn't you? You could work out, you know, you, all you need is, you know, something sticking up like that and somebody go on it and it touches. And it's then nail it to the door. And don't nail it, you uh, screw uh, it to the door, I think. We, we, we want to make a good job of this. Yeah. yeah. So, but, <laughs> you were inspired to come up with door hinges anyway. That's. Uh, yeah, uh, because I think they're, because they're so neat, aren't they? Yes. It's not that it doesn't shut just about. If it's done well, it shuts really neatly. Yeah. And then you go, wow, there's no draft whatsoever. Mm. That really, that door and the door frame and the door hinge is just perfect to make sure that that door fits into the door frame mm. and there is no draft. That is just amazing. Yeah. 
I don't know. Are you a householder, Henning? Do you, do you own your own property? Yes. Because if you do, you must be fantastic to work for. Because all you do is, this is marvellous. <laughs> Look at the hinges. The glaziers put glass in them. It exactly fits where the hole is. How, how extraordinary. How can you... Oh, the roof. I never knew we had a roof. And this lovely... Uh, Plastic seats that I'm, I'm sitting on. It's it's one. And look at the clothing you're wearing. Yeah. Uh, just almost covering your bum crack. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so are you are you impressed by all these sort of uh, art, artisans, workmen, creative Big things? time, yeah. Big time, yeah. Yes. Well, Henning, I think uh, yeah. we've learned a lot about you yeah. in the course of this. <laughs> this trot through i think you definitely get the vote for the most unusual set of wonders uh, that i've done but it's been so what was the answer give up what's what was more common uh well some people put uh i think out of there's not many duplications but some people talk about something they had from their childhood some people talk about laughter or the edinburgh fringe some people or, some, or edinburgh generally uh some people put something from their you know in their family some people put you know this this that's just boring stuff yeah. <laughs> who, wants of music? About, who wants to know about someone else's family boring <laughs> Or music, things that they, they enjoy doing. We can, or all, we can all make noise. <laughs> Not even I'm impressed by the fact that we can make noise. OK, all right. <laughs> now, door hinges, door hinges. Yeah, on the other end. Yeah, and if they make a noise, you, you, you don't want them to. You, you want to oil them, otherwise you think, that sounds like a backpack. Anyway, so we um, thank you for sharing your sepping wonders with me. And now I have to choose the wonder of wonders. <laughs> <laughs> From your list of uh, seven, the one which struck me as particularly wonderful, as you described it in this... Uh, well, I don't know. Um, Let's run through them again quickly. Well, windows, mirrors, microphones, light bulbs, plastic, clothing and door hinges. And I think it would be pretty harsh of me not to make your wonder of wonders door hinges. So, thank you very much. Henning Bay. Thank you. Thanks, if you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 